0: I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor.
1: It's Friday, guys. Happy Friday. There's not much going on around Celtics basketball at the moment, but there's just about enough that we can talk about some stuff. I'm joined by Mr. Wayne Breezy, Mr. Tim Shields, and we're here to give you your Friday listening pleasure. What's going on, my guys? Hey, Not so hey.
0: much. <laughs> What's going on, man?
1: I mean, the biggest news in the NBA at the moment Zion leaving the bubble, right? I mean, that's kind of what my day has been
0: revolving around. Yeah, man. Um, that's that's the big news. Other than that, and people snitching, I think that's that's what we got going on in the NBA right now. Zion's it's, having cramps too. Come again?
2: Zion's having cramps too, like muscle cramps, like big time.
1: Yeah, he's um he he that isn't why he left the um the bubble though. It was personal reasons, which is fair enough. Whatever it is, I hope everything's okay. He can make himself back to that bubble at some point. Then he's gonna have to self quarantine as well. That's a seven days, that, man. Yeah, dude, I think it's. I don't think it's 10 days if you're returning to the bubble, I think it's um, two or three days, which is bizarre. But regardless, like if he's returning back or if he doesn't come back until after the games restart, that's a, a big swing of things for the Pelicans.
0: Yeah, well, according to Shams, he said that Zion left family urgent matter, medical matter, but um, he will be back uh, before the games start, so uh, he'll be back to quarantine before the game starts. So I I still think he may have to do the seven-day quarantine, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, so it just depends when he comes back. And, I mean, I saw the press release as well, so that makes sense. The other thing that's really got to me today is the fact that there has been no Celtics media availability today. Like, that's been keeping me alive, bro.
0: They're they're probably all on break. <laughs> Are they they've out- been
2: staggering practices too, especially with Kemba's knee.
0: Correct, and they're they're out fishing. They're, oh, the one thing that and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Like Brad wants them to embrace everything, you know. So they, he wants his players to enjoy their time down there at the resort, um, and and embrace this whole pandemic NBA extended season or whatnot. So. He's allowing his players to, you know, come up, come as they go and do their thing as long as they abide by the rules, stay in that bubble or whatnot. Just listening to some of the stories about uh, you know, Kimball Walker with his interview with uh my girl Taylor and 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 she was just talking to him about, you know, how it's like those guys are back at AAU, like it's like a summer camp right now, and and you get to see all the guys again, um, and, and everybody's like normal. No one's like a like, you know on that superstar status, you know what I'm saying? Where they're untouchable. It's like everybody's there and you you don't really get to see that throughout the regular season. So that was a pretty good interview. If you didn't get a chance to check that out, you should check that out. But uh, like Brad wants his guys to have a good time down there as well as practice and get ready for the season. So I think they're doing pretty good. Or it's a good thing that there isn't much news.
2: (laughs) Definitely seems like sometimes no news is good news, especially when you think about so many guys are getting in there and all of a sudden you've got positive test results. I mean both James Harden and Russell Westbrook have COVID. Uh Michael Beasley got signed by the Nets and also tested positive for COVID. And so now he's leaving the bubble, so they're gonna have to sign somebody else for that spot. Someone suggested Lance Stevenson.
1: I mean, yeah, with Russell and, and Harden though, neither of those got neither of those guys entered the bubble in the first place. So that's not something to Stress about, and then today that was released as well. That there's concerns that the test that they've got after you've had the virus that you can have dead the dead virus in your system, and an antibody test will show up that you that you still got the virus even though you're asymptomatic and no longer contagious. So they're looking. So now the NBA are looking at bringing antibody tests into the bubble as well to try and combat that because if you're completely healthy, you're not contagious, and you've just got. A dead remnant of the virus within your system Which is the antibodies, right? Then hopefully you should be good to play So that's the other thing, Lance Stevenson
0: I mean I can't remember the last time I heard about Lance Stevenson Dude, the just, at one point? And I hope he doesn't go back to the Lakers It would be, it'd be cool If somebody get get him Because he's he's one guy that can defend LeBron Pretty well So,
1: I mean back in the day Yeah, when he's blowing in the dude's ear yeah. <laughs>
2: That was one of my favorite moments in like NBA playoff history where he was just getting under his skin. There's so many moments, man, that are just like, that's why I love playoff basketball. I'm happy it's coming back. But I I knew I, with the, with the James Harden and Russell Westbrook news, like I knew they hadn't gotten to the bubble yet, but I still think hearing about players testing positive automatically, like causes a little bit of wariness. And I know that like, we've had a couple players who stepped outside uh, Rashawn Holmes, the Kings, ended up going outside of. I guess. That's for a DoorDash, kind of right? Yeah. <laughs> you, got part, do- like- you
1: see what his mom said, dude.
2: Oh yeah, she's like, why? Didn't she- you could, if you're not getting food from me, like you should. Yeah, be going you out only there.
1: you only leave the uh, you only leave the quarant the bubble for your mama's cooking, and I'm not in Florida, so why are you leave? <laughs> like yo, leaving for DoorDash, dude. And apparently, like it said on the jump the other day that you can order food if you go through like disney world and their procedures there's a there's a way that they've set it up that you can order food in correct ordering doordash and then just walking outside the quarantine area to pick up your food that's not what you do bro no
0: nope. yeah i don't think it you know it's some it's something new for everybody yeah you, know, you gotta look at it as if these guys are in summer camp right now and and they're in that mode and this whole bubble quarantine thing is is just going to take some use, some, you know, some use to get into. So, so they got to figure it out. And a couple of guys just had to, had to, had to, you know, go the hard route and it's going to be, they, they got their, you know, not repercussions, but they have to go through the quarantine uh, pro- protocol and then they get, hopefully they'll get a chance to come back and play or whatnot. But I think guys get the picture. Like the thing about this COVID thing though, is, you know, it's definitely one of those those viruses that, that, are, that are affecting adults more, right? This is why a lot of the schools are opening back up because they feel like kids are technically safe. It's the adults that are really the issue when it comes to this virus. And it's spread more amongst the adults, right? So kids aren't able to pass it along as effective as adults are. So from what I was reading about the NBA bubble, I heard that junk is like super state penitentiary secure, max to the to the ceiling. I, I heard it's it's like it's like really airtight. Like they're like the protocols, the the like the NBA protocols for this bubble. There will be an NBA season. We don't know which players are going to play in the NBA season, but there will be an NBA season, an NBA finals, an MVP and all that type of stuff because the NBA got this bubble thing on lock. It's just that the players got to get their minds wrapped around it and that's that's what we're that's what we're dealing with right now. That's what we're doing.
2: It's absolutely player risk at this point in terms of just <laughs> just following the protocols. And don't get me wrong, I understand that a lot has to go into that. They're asked to do a lot of stuff where it just requires them to completely shut down any kind of social contact. You know, they're able to hang out with their teammates, but you still have to be careful. I mean, it's, it's a tall order, but it's what needs to happen if they want to play basketball. And that's really what it comes down to is this is neither sides winning. If this doesn't work, this doesn't, this isn't going to bode well if they don't finish the season, which is, it's a bad mentality and it's, it's risky, and I still think I understand players not wanting to go into it, but it's just – either way, the situation's messy, but we have to find a way to live with it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Wayne, you kind of laid out the perfect segue into our first actual Boston Celtics topic. People aren't going to play. We don't know who that's going to be, but there's going to be guys that don't participate in the restarted season. And one of those guys that looks like he could be on a restriction, especially during the eight-game before the playoffs, is going to be Mr. Kemba Walker staggering. Tim, you mentioned staggering his practices. His knees are a little bit sore. I was hoping that after such a long time away from the game that those knees were going to start healing. What's worrying me more, regardless of his ability to play throughout this restart, is his longevity on this team long term. I mean, if you're in, we're in his first year of his contract and his knees are starting to really play, really hurt, really swell up after games. He's got a lot of mileage on those legs from his time in Charlotte. So how comfortable are we, A, that he's going to be able to perform in these playoffs, and B, that he's going to be the point guard that the Celtics signed to this deal next season and the season after?
2: I think when you look at the situation with Kemba, Boston has that unique situation with Marcus Smart where they've got another guy who can be a sub and starter if someone's injured. So if you're looking at it long-term, you have to make sure that you have a guy that you can turn to like that, whether it's Marcus Smart or someone else. But you have to be able to manage Kemba's minutes and just make sure that you're giving him as much rest as he needs. When you look at the situation, it's not that different from Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving came in with knee issues, and the reason why he ended up having his first season where he had the season-ending injury was they had to go in and take out a wire that was – from his previous knee surgery when he tore his ACL. So when it comes down to it, just it was a fracture, I think, in his kneecap, actually. I go back, it's a fracture in the kneecap. But this is just what happens with some guys. And right now it's a matter of Stevens having the assets and having the players to go ahead and platoon his minutes well enough to keep him around because he's a perfect leader here. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy.
1: I mean, my counterpoint to that is, Statistically, when Smart fills in for Kemba, the offense kind of tanks quite a bit. I'm not saying that it falls off completely, but the offensive output does drop. That's a big worry for me. You putting Smart in long time to replace Kemba. And then we look at Kyrie. All right, granted, Kyrie's knees were bad too. Kyrie didn't have as many miles on the clock. Kyrie was also a few years younger. Those things worry me, dude. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, okay, granted, he's gonna be ready to go now. He might play. Well, they need him to play in pretty much every game until they secure the second seed, because they want that easier matchup once the playoffs begin. And then he goes into the playoffs. You need Kemba Walker available. You signed him to that long-term deal because he's the guy that you believe can lead these young guys. But granted, you signed him before Tatum and Brand took that jump. But you've brought him in expecting him to be able to be your floor general and bring you to the promised land. I'm not sure if those needs keep playing up and the games start becoming every other day, that he's going to be able to play
0: 28 minutes a night? Yeah, I I don't want you to think you're crazy for worrying because, I mean, I think a lot of people out there are going to worry. We we get a point guard to replace a, a great point guard. You know, we went from Isaiah Thomas to Kyrie Irvin, to Kimball Walker. And we seem to be doing pretty well with the recycling of the point guards, the the recycling and the replacing of the point guard. The one thing that all these three point guards tend to have in common is injury, right? So you're not crazy for worrying. I think you're you're 100% normal. But here's some things. Let's, Let's try to ease some of the worriness for you and the rest of the Celtic fans out there. You know, just if you if you listen to Brad Stevens' interviews, he talk his nonchalant talk is just so weird because it's like, dude, like he doesn't there's there's no emotion in his conversation, right? There's no emotion in his words. So you just gotta kind of take it for what it is and kind of apply it to how you see fit. But he says that um yes, Kyrie has the the knee concerns, but he says that um he's on a one he's on a one-day on, one day off type thing, and that's just you know little protocol for Kyrie to get enough rest you know to accumulate more strength in the you news. mean Kemba I mean Kemba I'm sorry so so Brad has Kemba on a great plan I don't know why we brought up Kyrie cuz now Kyrie's going to be in my head for the rest of the show it's just but the case <laughs> I got you so um so so Kemba's on a good plan so so Brad has him on a plan and I think that plan is going to be until the season starts and then you're going to get a full dosage of Kemba Also, Brad doesn't seem to be worried about the knee because he said that the knee is fine. So I'm either the reports are conflicted or I'm confused because I know we're getting reports saying that, oh, Kyrie's not practicing. His knee must be killing him. But then Brad comes out and and X-nays on that and says, yo, the knee is good. We just got him on a one-day-on, one-day-off type regimen so he can accumulate – strength, more strength in the knee because he had the knee drained. And that's probably, that's that's what's happening right now. Like he's he's going through those repercussions. So yeah, more time is going to go along. But once he gets playing, once he gets his, his basketball legs back into shape, once he starts building, you know, the running, the stopping, the shooting, the all that stuff going, of course it's going to cause inflammation in the knees or whatnot and all his other body parts. But I think once he gets back into the recycling, it's almost like working out. You guys ever lift weights? You know, you bench press and then the next day you can't even move your chest and you're like, gosh, I didn't even bench press that much. But then you take a day off from the chest and you do something different to put some pain on the next part. (laughs) And then you go back to bench and you could do it again, you know. It's it's kind of like that. So I think I think he just gotta get back into the action of shooting. He's Brad said he wasn't practicing, but he has been out there shooting and, and doing individual type things. And Brad says he looks good. So at the end of the day, I know we're gonna worry because that's who we are, that's our human nature. But the coach said he looks good. And if the coach isn't worried, maybe we shouldn't worry as much. Maybe we should dial back the it's just a little bit, um, even though we see it a little bit different. But Brad, I think he knows we, we gotta trust the coach on this one. And um, I think Kimba gonna be just fine uh, once that season kicks off, man. I'm telling you, I, look, once this season kicks off, I think the Celtics are just—I think they're so gelled together. Look, I'm a I'm a 49ers football fan, and the one thing that my team had, I think, more than any other team, even though they lost the Super Bowl, was the fact that they were they they were gelled together as a young core like the whole team was young he probably the oldest player was probably not even 30 and and that's what I'm trying to say I think what, what is Kimba the oldest player on our team right now or Wanna Maker, whatever so I think they're gonna be just fine and they're hanging out having a good time Kimba you're talking about them going out to eat Kimba and JT going out to eat and I was like wait going out to eat but it's because they can order food, but they following the protocols on on the on the on the um for the you know for the bubble, the bubble protocols or whatnot. So they know not to go where it says you can't go, but they're able to order food or whatnot. And then they're running in and talking to the other players that are, are coming in to to the league, um coming into the tournament. So I think Kimba is going to be just fine. I think you're 100 percent okay to worry though. I just I just hoping I'm able to dial some of the worriness back. Because he's going to ball out, man. Unless the knee, he's going to ball out, man.
2: <laughs> I, get, I get the concern, though. You know, for Celtics fans, we've had so many injury issues. And even just this year alone, we've had issues. But going back further, all the way back to Isaiah Thomas, and if you really want to go back, um, Ray Allen's bone spurs or Kevin Garnett's knees, you know, there's so many injuries you can go back to in a recent memory that have caused the Celtics championships. Or a really chance at like a deep playoff run. So with this team especially, the rest should help. With Kemba's issue, it's it's a chronic injury. It's not something that's necessarily gonna go away over time. The best they can do is try and manage his minutes and make him the most comfortable while maximizing his role. You know, they managed to do that with Kyrie a lot in the way they staggered his minutes, trying to make sure that they're giving him the most amount of time. And I mean his minutes went down. His percentages went up, and it was the same thing with a lot of other players that come into the Celtics' system. So the one thing I will say is if they're trying to make sure that he's there for the playoffs, you kind of have to trust them. Ever since the issue with Isaiah Thomas with that hip, I think they've been very, very cautious in trying to make sure that they handle these players and their rehabs just as best as possible and just being overly cautious to a fault. But they're trying to make sure their guys are healthy. I can't, can't fault them for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, man. I've not been the most vocal Kemba supporter since he's been in in a Celtics uniform. I like what he does with the locker room. I like how he's kind of gelled those guys together when he came into a fractured team. Skill wise, when the Celtics first acquired him, I wasn't sure he was the right guy. I had other guards that I would have preferred to have taken a look at from a Celtic standpoint. Yet yeah, he's here. He's in green. He's got. My personal full support. I just worry about how he's going to be able to handle the rigorous basketball play that comes with playing in the playoffs. You know, he's on a one day on, one day off at the moment, and his knees are swelling just from practice. And now you're talking about throwing him into an eight game mini tournament to move up seeding and then throwing him into the most physical brand of basketball the NBA can offer in the playoffs. So I do have my concerns that that, that kind of mentality with it i mean look man and this is a bit of a plug so i apologize i was talking to george carl earlier and he said to me um he was a big fan of the kemba pickup kind of gave me a few reasons why you can check it out anyway um links in my bio on the link tree hoops by but he was giving me a lot of like um he believes Kemba's is going to be the guy that can really S- elevate his level of play once the playoffs come around I'm not sold. He knows more about basketball than I do. He's forgotten more about basketball than what I've ever known. So I'm going to listen to this dude when he's telling me that. He also told me that this is another thing to your point, Wayne. You were talking about the 49ers being uh, the most gelled team, the most cohesive unit from a team standpoint, right? He believes that Toronto won last year because they were the team that was most in tune with their coach. I feel like the Boston Celtics are very in tune with the system that Brad Stevens wants to run. They've been together long enough now that they kind of know what he wants to run, how he wants to play. A lot of these guys have been brought through in the Brad Stevens culture, Smart, Tatum, Brown. Brent Williams is getting bloody, bled, uh, like bled into the team now. Robert Williams is the same. A lot of these core guys have only known Brad Stevens as their NBA coach. There's a big opportunity for these guys to come in and make a massive splash. Another thing is performance anxiety. Players that are being held back from per- performing due to their anxiety when playing in front of a crowd, when playing with that pressure that comes with playing on an NBA court with the crowd screaming, you suck, or we need to go get us two. Some guys are going to come in and... Play free, you know, there's no shackles, there's no expectations on them. And if they miss a shot, there's no one booing them and heckling them. There's so many different nuances to this NBA season that's going to be restarting that we've got so many avenues to explore. But circling back, Kemba Walker looks like he's going to struggle. For me personally, I feel like it's going to be an uphill battle to get him into a position where he can perform at his optimal performance levels. I personally don't think we're going to see that until probably the mid-second round when he's kind of learned to deal with those knees, how to rest properly after games. Don't forget, there's no ice chambers at this place. It's not like he can go and sit in an ice chamber to help the swelling after he's played. So there's going to be an adjustment phase. Personally, I really think that Boston requires him to be at least
0: 95%. Again, it's fair. It, it It's... It's absolutely 100% fair that they depend on this particular player. They've been in this position before and they need a guy that can help get them over the hump. That's your, your thesis to when he comes into play might be just right when they need him. (laughs) So you might get to see these these other players get out there. Marcus Smart may start uh, uh, at point guard, and and they might be able to do the things and withstand what they need to do until they get to the tournament. Till the tournament gets rigor enough to when Kimba says, "You know what? Put it on my knees. I got this." And we're gonna go ahead and take the you know and, and go for the that championship. So who knows what the plan is? I I get where you're coming from. I get where Adam's coming from. I get where you're coming from, Tim. I even get where I'm coming from, actually, on this one. I just think that we just have to sit back and just trust the system, like trust what's going on, and wait and see how how they utilize how they utilize Kimba. I think that at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Because we we've won with Kimba and we've won without Kimba. And I know we want our full unit to be there when, when they show up on the court, especially game one against the Bucks. Like we we want everybody out there. We want all guns blazing. But it is what it, I think, Kim even plays the game. I think he has a heck of a game that game, actually, now that I think about it. It might be the game after that. Now, with some of the teams, how does this fare for you guys? With some of the teams with players that aren't, haven't traveled and the games just seem a little bit more manageable, Kimber might take those games off. Those might be those w- one games off. He gets to take and get some extra rest for his knees. Do you want to
1: know, to I'd much prefer that. I'd like to see him sit out some of these games, games against Sacramento, games against... If Memphis have cemented their position either in or out of the playoffs, let him sit because yeah. it had. You know, let th- sit this guy early enough that his legs get fit along the way so when you need him he's fresh and ready to be used and I think that's the, going to be the way that Kemper's going to be utilized from now until his contract's up I want to see another point guard or some form of ball handler it doesn't need to be a point guard but a ball handler at some level bought in in the offseason and the most logical way to do that is through the draft they get it so they got, they're not going to be consistent they're not going to be reliable, but. It, it's a great learning curve to be brought in and be told, like, right, when Kemba sits, you're the you're the, you're the bench you're the bench ball handler, because Wanamaker's probably going to bounce at the end of the year. Smart will be filling in for Kemba, right? You're now going to take that position. Or throw Romeo Langford that lifeline. Let's see what Romeo can do.
0: But my waters. Let him handle the rock, man. That's Why? if
1: they sign him, dude. He's a free agent at the end of the year.
0: Well, they better sign him over Wanamaker. I know that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let me throw a remix in here real quick. So I'm going to remix now. The Sixers are operating Ben Simmons as a four. This is going to please Tim because Tim don't see Ben Simmons as a point guard. A lot of people don't. That's funny. I feel like that's really, really going to mess with the spacing on the Sixers personally because now you've got Joel Embiid and Simmons. They're probably going to run a four out. So they're going to have Simmons somewhere on the elbow of the three. And then expect him to be playing a bit more off ball or at a point forward position. I just feel like if you move Ben Simmons to a four, you need to have some form of confidence in his ability to hit a jump shot. Otherwise, the the lanes are going to be clogged, and I just I don't see how that's going to work.
0: No, none of us do. Uh, I I think he stays at the one. He handles the rock. He he just he's just the playmaker. Until he until Ben Simmons can knock down three shots in a row consistently, he, he's, he's a liability. So let him just give the ball off to what they, you know, what the way he's been doing. This is how he's made his name. He's not a shooter. And I know the pressure is on, but you know what? You, you said something earlier. You said that there's nobody in those stands, like, that helps, you know, bring on more pressures. So he's been shooting lights out without people in the stand.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's been shooting lights out without people in his
0: face. That's the difference. Ah, Aha. see what I'm saying. So, with that being said, hey man, let Philly. I, Philly's gonna do what they gotta do, they, they're gonna try to do what they have to do at the end of the day. Maybe
1: they go old school and run a free out and have Simmons on the high post and and Bede on the weak on the low block. Maybe that's how they're gonna run. All I know is Simmons is a problem when he gets downhill, and putting him at the four spot enables him to get downhill far more regularly. Yeah, that's going to be difficult because now you've got to throw a man in front of him or you've got to try and double him or trap him to, to get the ball out of his hands. And then Embiid going to be chilling, just waiting. It's going to be really tough to stop. So I can see the logic behind how you're going to run it. But Simmons wants the ball in his hands. I don't understand how you're going to move him to the four. He's just going to be a trail player. He's just going to trail guys and set drag screens and then be the role guy. And he's going to be absolutely beast. And it's quite worrying.
0: I'm trying to figure out who would be their ball handler.
2: They're talking about Shake Milton.
1: Yeah, and Shake Milton's going to be... I mean, he'll be a good guy as well because he'll be able to just run the pick and roll and then just feed Simmons the rock when Simmons has already got a bit of pace behind him, attacking the rim. And we've seen what he can do once he gets downhill.
0: It's going to be... And then, you know... Uh, what's his name, Josh? I forgot his name, Josh Richardson. Him, Richardson, Harris, Simmons, and bead
1: Him, Richardson, Harris, yeah, that's the five. Or, yeah, yeah, that's how they're gonna run it and then have a Hawford coming off the bench. No, nah. I mean, it's quite worried. That's a tough team to beat. Thinking about it, you're gonna need to find some Grant Williams, is gonna be relied upon in that series, I- I'd assume. I feel like Grant Williams looking as, because uh, he's lost some weight, dude. You see them pictures? He looks like he's put on some, that baby fat's been shedded and he's got some proper muscle on him. Now his chest looks like defined. He looks he looks healthy. And he's got that height that he's not big enough to bang with Simmers, but he's big enough to get underneath him. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. To to draw them drives and to force those passes. I'm concerned. I'm not going to lie. I'm concerned. And this all circles back to Kemba needs to be healthy If and when the Celtics come up against the Sixers Because moving Simmons to the four Makes them a completely different beast They're either going to be absolutely terrible And switch back to the way they were And put him back at guard Or they're going to be phenomenal And it's, going to, it's just going to alter their trajectory Coming out of the
0: East It's going to be something different And it's going to take some adjusting So in, in the beginning it, It's probably going to work it's probably going to look really good. It all depends on how teams adjust and figure out you know how it is. once one team gets the blueprint on it and the other teams get a hold of that blueprint, it, it you know you just have to make sure you have the right players, but it it kind of simmers down a little bit. so luckily, we don't have them at <laughs> first.
1: I mean, it's only took Brett Brown like eighteen months to make this adjustment. I'm pretty confident Brad Stevens can make an adjustment over the course of a few games that might be able to nullify it. It just, all it does is it puts Simmons in a position of power, in a position where the Celtics have a perceived weakness. And and that's what worries me. So we're going to slip to break now so I can recoup my, my optimism. And when we come back, we'll discuss some other topics that we have not yet figured out. I was lying. We knew exactly what we were going to talk about. I just wanted to make you guys think we didn't know. Tim, you wanted to talk about running Gordon as the point forward when Kemba sits, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, right now, I think Gordon Hayward has a really interesting possible role here. I mean, we've seen some point Gordon in just... I think Gordon Hayward, especially if you're operating him or if you're having you know him run the bench unit or stagger guys, so he's mainly running with bench guys... It's been really interesting to see him as the primary ball handler. I just think that Gordon Hayward has some really excellent decision making. You rarely see him make a bad move with the ball. I think.
0: I just like the fact that you called him Point Gordon. Like that's a that's a dope name. <laughs> I'm gonna have to tweet that to a hey, Point Gordon. Like that's pretty cool, man. But nah, yeah, I we said that I we've said on previous shows. I think Gordon Hayward has has become a phenomenal playmaker, and with that, he needs the ball in his hands. He's able to dribble, drive. He's able to dish the ball out at the very last split of the split second. Players have to just get ready, just be there, be ready, be in their spots to receive the pass because they know it's going to come and then the lane is open. Gordon Hayward can take it and finish. Uh, the only the only issue with Gordon Hayward that I just I just feel and I like that role for him. Because now he doesn't have to rely on his jump shot, which is to me his his weakness, right? He hasn't redeveloped his jump shot yet since the injury. He just hasn't. He hasn't been consistent with it. Some games he's on, he's hitting from the three, he can't miss. One game he had over thirty points, then then he had like negative three points. This is like, whoa, which, which which what's going on? And 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 that's the Gordon Hayward that confuses the fans because they want the Gordon Hayward that they thought they were going to get, granted he had the injury or whatnot, they're still waiting around. Gordon Hayward, it's it's going to just take time. I just know that he's developed into this playmaking Gordon Hayward. A Gordon Hayward I didn't see in Utah. Like I didn't uh, – he because he always had the ball. He was ball done. He was able to dunk, shoot, you know. Dry. I didn't see him as this playmaker, and that's what I like. And for our second unit to have a player like that, I'm not going to say that. You know, compare these two players, but he's the Ben Simmons of that second unit. Like he can take the ball and make sure the others get involved, and that's what that's becoming one of his strengths. That's lets me know that Gordon Hayward is evolving, and I I know he's he's due to have a new baby, but I'm gonna miss him when he when he has to leave. I mean, for me, it's not so much
1: about the playmaking as it is the decision making. He's by far the team's most reliable decision maker. He makes the right reads, he makes the right passes, the right cuts. He knows when to set screens, he knows when to roll off of a guy, he knows when to stand in the corner and let other guys get to work. He just understands what his role is on that team and he understands how to elevate guys based off of a decision that he makes when the ball's in or out of his hands. For me, he's going to be a huge part of any success the Celtics have while he's with that team in the bubble. Long-term, I'm more comfortable, and people are going to crucify me for this, but I'm more comfortable long-term running with Hayward than I am running with Kemba. And I'm, I...
2: I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, and that's not, it's not necessarily that that's what we prefer. I'm just saying... That is
1: No, I prefer it. I'm straight up like... All
2: right, well, I'm going (laughs) to... So my thinking behind it too, with the way that Hayward operates in Brad Stevens' system, I wonder how much of that is tied into the fact that he played at Butler. I don't know how much that goes into it. I don't know how Brad Stevens' system has changed and adapted over the years, but that might have to do with how Gordon is so accustomed to it and how he's able to optimize his role in it. In terms of running Kemba versus Gordon long-term, I think Gordon gives you more versatility. And I guess it really depends on what you're trying to run with. But Gordon really just has that leg break that really has messed up for a while, but he's really gotten back to the player he was, or at least very close to it. And with Kemba, it's a chronic injury. It's not something that It happened one time and he's just been recovering from it for a while. It's, this is, we're talking years of wear and tear, just general arthritis.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me as well, it's not so much looking at injuries. It's looking at who requires a high level of usage. Like Kemba, Kemba's knees will always be bad because of the way Kemba plays ball. He's very, he can't, defer as much in terms of like so Gordon can pass the ball and then cut and he's comfortable finishing at the ring because he doesn't have to absorb the level of contact that Kemba does because Kem- Hayward's bigger so Hayward can get to the rim a little bit easier he can fight through contact a little bit easier when Kemba drives Kemba's ideally looking for an and one or a foul because he's cashed from the free throw line which means he's absorbing more contact and if he's absorbing more contact his body's taking a higher level of punishment so for me it's like yo Haywood is able to operate at the point and run a unit as well as be a very dependable playmaker and a very dependable decision maker, while Kemba's also able to run a unit and he's showing flashes of being able to be reliable off-ball, but there's the limitation in terms of his height and what he can bring on the defensive end and what he can bring when attacking downhill. And that to me is the biggest difference. You if you run Haywood at the point. And you can put Hayward at the point. I'd be very confident putting Hayward at the point. Hayward can get downhill and make a play at the rim, whereas Kemba can get downhill. And if he tries to make a play at the rim, you're always thinking, oh, God, I hope he's okay. I'm off this. I hope he's okay, please. And then he goes up and bang. Those knees will eventually give way. And that's what worries me. And that's why I'm far more confident running with Hayward long-term than I am with Kemba. And I like Kemba. Please don't think this is me bashing Kemba because it's not. there'll be another time for that. Um, Right now, I think that he's a very integral part of the team. I just feel like if those knees show that they're not going to get any better, then the Celtics need to be very prudent in any decisions they make surrounding his future in the team over the next 18 months. You're on mute, Wayne.
0: I can't believe we're... We're saying, well, you're saying what you just said. I, I get your logic behind it. Listen, Kimba's going to play basketball the way he's been playing basketball for the rest of his life. There's not much that's going to change that. We need that. That That's a gift that Kimba has. He's had it since UConn, bro. I grew up watching Kemba Walker ball out. And I'm talking about taking it inside, shooting big shots, coming with energy, lifting the team, putting the team on his back, you, you name it. I don't want Kemba Walker to change anything who of, of who he is. I get it. You're worried about from a business perspective. You're worried about his knees. You're worried about this, what he's going to be able to give the team next season, the season after that. Listen, can we play for right now? Can we win this championship in this 2019, 2020 season? Can we do that? And then reevaluate what's going on and then go back and look at stuff? no, because then we're looking at things
1: like well, can help lead us to a championship? Let's leave him here for the next three years, and boom, his knees would shut, and we're running with a 30 million dollar guy of seventh man.
0: You can't prepare for, for seven years from now, and, and three years, like you, you got this player, you knew he had knee issues from the jump. You you went and signed him in free agency. And you're going to have to take the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, when the good is good, you're happy as a mother. When the bad comes, you're going to have to learn how to deal with it. Right now, it's just chilled right now. right? He he is on chill mode until we see him play. We haven't even seen him play. Let's just let him play. And when he starts lighting up cats, you already know he's going to have knee. He's going to complain about the knees at some point in this this stay down in, in, in Atlanta. We so when know- the
1: Celtics signed him... You don't think that was a panic move? No, panic move. They just lost Kyrie. You, you know that Rozier don't want to be there no more. Kemba Walker's the best guard available at the time.
2: I think it's yes and no. I don't think. I don't think panic move is the right way to put it. I think they were opportunistic in the situation where
1: could have Cam got Lonzo Ball.
2: Coulda, shoulda, woulda, didn't. I don't want to think about hypotheticals like that because we really don't know what that market would have been for Lonzo Ball.
1: For a team in a deal that Muse did to the Pelicans and you just pop in there to pick up a Mr. Lonzo? I mean, I'm look, I'm being opportunistic too. You also uh,
2: love Lonzo. I mean, I get the opportunistic part. I mean, part of, part of the assets that allowed the Celtics to get Isaiah Thomas was because when the Cavs were making the deal – I think it was the deal to get Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. They ended up being the team that took on uh, Tyler Zeller's contract, and they ended up getting a first-round pick from, I think, it was the Suns?
1: Yeah, but don't forget, Isaiah Thomas also came to the team with oh, no low value. His Suns value was at the, the floor. Games. He'd been ran yeah, but... around quite a bit. I mean, look, Wayne, I completely get what you're saying. He's cardiac Kemba. He's a big shot maker. He's a big game player. He's shown that he can play at the highest level of the nba he's shown that he knows how to win what i'm concerned about is knowing how to win and showing it previously doesn't mean you can show it right now
0: yeah but you haven't you haven't you haven't given him a chance like that's what i'm saying like give give him the chance to show it's not i'm not attacking you but i'm just saying we need to give him a chance to come in there like he's doing interviews, he's talking. He's he, he makes it seem like he's fine. He's gonna play. Listen, the knees are, are, are gonna be an issue on just about every NBA player, mainly for point guards that gotta get up, bounce, do whatever they gotta do to get to, especially the short ones, right? I get it. That's there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with your concerns. No, I'm not I'm just saying, look, Gordon Hayward struggles with issues too. He ain't a hundred percent and yeah, he might be bigger and can get to that rim, but he don't finish all the time neither. Look, all I'm saying is Kimba is going to play his style of basketball. Yeah, we're hoping that it changes at some point um, because he's going to be getting older. So you you think it, it would change? Plus the, the the rest of the team is going to be well more seasoned. I'm I'm now I'm thinking future, right? You're talking about future. They they've got. let Just just of...
1: now though, please.
0: No, no, no. But but you you mentioned the future. Right now, I'm confident in this team. I'm confident in Kimba Walker. I'm also confident if Kimba can't go and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and all the rest of the Celtics that that play on this team. They've had experience. They've been here. They've done this. They've lost in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple years ago. Like, they've been in these situations before. This is nothing to them. The only thing new to them is that they're in a bubble in Orlando playing during COVID. That's the only thing that's new to them. The Celtics have been through, Tim said it earlier in the show, the Celtics, no one faces more injury adversity than the Boston Celtics. You can't take me back to 2008. I was about to say 2008. You can't take me back to 2008 when we won. And in 2009, we were going to win again. And then Kevin Garnett blows his knee against Utah. And I'm I'm at the airport like, come on, no. And then in 2010, we were winning. Like we uh, whatever that season was, we played the Lakers again. We were winning! Like we were winning, and and then we and then we lost game six to seven. I'm just I like I I'm, I'm I'm mind blown. Celtic fans need to relax. We've been there, we've done that, we know how to win, we know how to lose, we know how to deal with injuries. Like, what what are you worried about? Like, why are we worried about Cardiac Kimba and his knees? He's let this man come out here and just try to play. Let him let him do what he does. And if he needs to take a night off. Let him take the night off. But he's going to get through the season. You're going to be satisfied. You're going to be 100% on Kimba going in the next season when they're hosting that trophy. And then we're going to have this conversation again. I'm going to replay this episode and then I'm going to really cuss you out. Like, that's what's going to happen going forward. Like, I could feel it. I could feel it. So,
1: you do know the Celtics don't win. I'm going to revisit this episode and cuss uh, you out for that. I,
0: it, you, give it to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are, bro. It's all love, man. I'm just messing with you guys, yo. Yeah, I
1: got you. I got you. Nah, I I understand what you guys are saying. And look, man, I'm the first guy to admit that I never believed that Kemba was the guy to... I always believed that Kemba was the guy bought in to stand in this spot until the next guy was ready to come in and lead that team to the championship. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And that was my belief when they signed him. It's been my belief through the season. I like what I see from the guy. I feel like he's a very good player. I like, I loved him a few years back in Charlotte. I'd always, but when they signed him, my mentality was: you needed to move Rozier because Rozier had gone on air, started talking some smack. He was causing some issues. You just lost Kyrie, and you're scrambling because you'd spent so many years putting together this core. That you're worrying about keeping them, keeping Jalen and Jason, making sure they're still happy to sign long term deals in Boston. Kemba was the guy brought in to, to basically rope the ship and hold that spot down until the, the real point guard of the future or the real point guard that's going to grow with this team became available. That's been my personal opinion all season. Some people probably are going to disagree with me. That's fine. Call me out on Twitter. We can go back and forth. It's fine. I have to happen. No, because it's just a discussion. Everyone's got their opinion. I'm fine with that. All I'm saying is, my opinion is, if Kemba, Kemba needs to be 95% or above to be the guard that's going to help the Celtics win this season, anything less than 95% of the Celtics, he might as well just come off the bench. Let's smart run that first unit because otherwise you're just playing. What's the point in playing if you're at not above 95%? I think that's a good place to leave this episode because now we've gone in circles.
0: Everyone agrees? No one going to say what? I, I agree, man. Listen, if he ain't 95% healthy, ready to go, then you got to do what you got to do. And and I know that the coach will. So I, I that's why I agree with you on what you're saying well, my thing is, man, you got to give him a shot. You get what I'm saying? Because he ain't bald yet. None of these guys have. So we got to give these guys a chance to come out. Guns blazing. I think they all play against Milwaukee. Don't get me yeah. wrong.
1: Kemba Walker's one of the guys on the team that I'd like to go for a beer with. He seems like a genuine guy. You know what I'm saying?
0: Real cool kid, man. In terms
1: right. of basketball, I just remember how he was playing when his knees were hurting him before the season hit, hit hit hiatus and how much he was struggling to get generate the power underneath his shot to score how he was front rimming shots that show that there's not enough power being generated from your legs how he was struggling to beat guys after dribble if that's the camber that's coming back that's the camber I don't want
2: I will say this and this will be my final point I feel a lot better about this Celtics team going into the you know extended playoffs whatever you call it Bubble Dome, whatever. I feel better about this situation than I do about last year when we were going into the playoffs. Yeah, at least Kemba passes.
1: <laughs> at least will so give up things, the rock, man. dude. Do you know how angry I used to get when Kyrie got right, so just boom, 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 dribbling the ball. There's four seconds left on the clock and he wants to do a spin move and some finger roll. Like, what are you doing, bro? There's a guy been in the corner for the last 11 seconds waiting for the ball. That used to drive me nuts. <laughs> Wayne, do you want to end it?
0: I, I know yeah I, I want to talk about like I st- I'm still confused about how last season ended but I will say this Campbell won't quit on his team that I'm gonna leave it there
1: and guys you can tweet at any of us if you disagree with our takes make sure it's polite because we're just people too we have emotions too and you can catch us again on Monday when hopefully we will be nicer to Kimball Walker. This episode has now been named How Do You Feel About Kemba's Knees? And we'll leave it at that.
0: Kemba's Knees, help me please.